0: This is Franca and here is a new intro for your show. And no, it's not a chainsaw.
1: Hi, and welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is episode 117. I'm Chuck. And I'm Todd. We're going to be talking about
0: motorcycles. And the map on the bag, and the bag, and the strom, and the strom on the road, and the road on the map, and the map on the bag, and the strom on the road, and the road And I've I, gone into a horrible tailspin with
1: this song. Was this how you were remembering stuff over the weekend? No, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you were singing songs in your no. helmet? Don't you sing songs in your helmet? No, I listen to music in my helmet. And you don't sing along? Not usually. Liar. I don't like my singing. Lying swine. I'm bad at it. I sing
0: constantly in my helmet. <laughs> especially especially when I don't actually have music playing in my helmet and I need something. Like when I'm going up a dirt road, I'll be singing the whole way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You've heard my singing voice. Yeah, I don't, I don't want, to voice. <laughs> want to be trapped in the helmet with that. Your so-called singing voice. Would you want to be trapped in a helmet with that?
0: No. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> it was a good weekend though. Yeah, yeah. I got out. I went up to Fort Bridger for the rendezvous up there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dress in old-timey clothing and occasionally jump on your 100-horsepower motorcycle and blast across the plains and think to yourself, you know, this would really, really have sucked if I was walking. (laughs) In fact, (laughs) I can think of a few things that would have sucked more had I been walking right now. Okay. On the plains of Wyoming. Okay. Yeah. Why? Because it's a long goddamn ways. It's windy as hell. And it was kind of cold. Okay. And it's the end of August. All right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to imagine having like old-timey clothes on and, you know, a, a covered wagon and, you know, like a Handcart. stupid hand cart or something and pushing it across and being like, wow. Now, did you ride the
1: strong with the old-timey clothes on? No, no, I didn't. Oh. I put on new-timey clothing with armor for that. That would look kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That would make kind of a funny picture. It would have. With, with tomahawk strapped to the Strom. That's not really unusual. <laughs> Did you have like uh uh frontier bedazzlement uh no frontier Bedazzlement. fringe, I fringe. no don't really do fringe hey, i is not my thing I went up there for on the last day, yeah, just to kind of check it out because I was mm-hmm. doing a bunch of stuff over the weekend it was it was all right
0: yeah, I think that the rendezvous has lost something lately it, now it feels like it feels like a swap meet in old timey clothing these days, which is a shame. Used to be, they had you know a storyteller guy. They had you know some various history people running around talking okay. about you know why it's there,
1: what what why Fort Bridger exists, you know, and all oh, that kind of stuff. And it was okay. really cool. I I kind of assumed that since I went up in the afternoon of the last day, that all those things had gone.
0: Yeah, they just kind of weren't
1: there. It was just like a swap meet. Yeah, yeah. And there weren't even that many old timey people around. Yeah, at that point. Well, the uh, weekend, I just assumed people had broke down and, and left. I think quite a few people had.
0: But yeah, it's uh, it's a little disappointing on
1: some level because
0: the cool one of the cool things about it is the history of the place. You know, I mean that was that that was most of the hooch in the West went through Fort Bridger, mm-hmm. uh, most of the hooch house. Speaking of which, since I was uh, out of state, I uh, threw entirely legal Utah, um, you know, state uh, mandated. Uh, I can clearly see the, dis- the tax
1: stamps on yes, those.
0: Yes, there are tax stamps on these bottles uh, as in according to the, the the duly appointed scummy state monopoly. Um, anyway, I brought back some beers. Yay. These are one of my favorite ones from the Odell Brewing Company in Colorado. Okay. And it's called Mercenary, and I think
1: you'll see why I particularly like it. Oh, Double India Pale Ale. hmm All right, let's crack them open. What, what's the picture on the bottle? That's the important part. Uh, it's a sidecar rig. It's a sidecar
0: rig. Full of beer brewing implements. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm
0: going to warn you now, these are a little more powerful than what we get
1: here at home. Well, they're from out of state.
0: Well, they're quite a bit more in the first place powerful. Well, what's
1: the percentage? 9.3.
0: Some some decent amount. Cheers.
1: Salute. Oh, yeah. (sighs) I wish we could get good beer like this here. Yeah. It's pretty hoppy.
0: So you couldn't drink more than, like, one or two of them unless you want to go to Headache City, you know, population U. But, uh you know, with food or just by itself, just a beer to sip and enjoy, it's
1: pretty bomber. Brewed with a sidecar full of hops.
0: Yes, exactly. Mm. And there's a sidecar full of hops on the panel. I like it. Thank you. I would love, I would love a poster of this. Needless to say, you, this is what attracted me to it in the first place was, of
1: course, the picture. Write them. Write them a letter. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can get a sponsorship.
2: There we go. <laughs> hey, guys. Guys, send us the beer with a sidecar. We talk about
0: sidecars on our show.
2: And Bud. beer. Bud, Bud is Miller. not available in Utah. We got a guy named Bud
0: Miller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he carries all the beer. <laughs> He's good like that.
1: <laughs> well, let's leave Utah. Mm-hmm. We were sent this video about the Moped Gangs of England. Moped M- Gangs of England. Mini uh, documentary. Mm-hmm. We'll have a link up on the site. You can watch it. Mm-hmm. I've watched it for you, so you don't have to. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. The thing I noticed right away is that like there the the here's the amount of moped in it <laughs> has a moped and <laughs> not moped people people not
1: mopeds. people with funny hair not mopeds. moped oh look a moped and the- no never mind it's gone. <laughs> then uh, why does that guy in his sweatpants have his hands on his crotch? Then well, he's you know um, he had his hands stuffed down the front of his sweatpants because he's standing in the street. Because that's gangster in England. No, it's not. It's completely gangster in England. It's gangster
0: here. Let me show you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Uh-huh. Gangster. You're going to have to leave my house now.
0: <laughs> I'm going to leave it,
1: but I'm going to leave it gangster style. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. You're, you're going to leave it minus a hand because I'm going to chop that off and burn it. Uh, so this is like this is more like some spiel about the Billy culture in the U.K.,
0: yeah, yeah, Which,
1: disguised with a vague mo about it. Barely. I, well, I, I take note that uh
0: billies are universal. It seems that they sort of transcend culture. Right? If you have a vehicle that, you know, is kind of fast or that might be cool to someone, somewhere there is someone who is trying a little too hard to be cool with it. Do you think in England they call them willies? No. No, they call other things willies. And Well, actually, the one with the hand down his pants is probably not <laughs> His name's Willie. <laughs> hey, Willie. What? Why do you call him that? Really? <laughs> Stop doing that. Do you have that. to
1: ask? <laughs> and they, they were trying very, very hard to be cool. I'm oh, cool? And not English.
0: I'm cool and not English. <laughs> Pip-pop cherry. No, wait. No, no, no.
1: It was, it was pretty
0: sad. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it hurts. The thing that really hurts me the most about it is that... On some level, you look at these, and they're trying to be cool. They're trying to ride mopeds. You know who they're really trying to be? They're trying to be the Michigan Moped Mafia. The Michigan Moped are Mafia. Yeah, this is this this huge. I mean, just fucking enormous group of people from all these, you know, really frankly crappy industrial towns around Michigan. Is there any, any other kind of town in Michigan? Well, there's um cow towns.
1: Cow towns. Yeah. Are they kind of crappy? Well, I, I say they weren't. <laughs>
0: But, the, yeah, in, in industrial urban Michigan has, uh for whatever reason, this Michigan Moped Mafia, which is just this astronomically big group of moped people uh-huh. that, you know, spreads to the winds. Actual moped people. Actual moped people. Right, versus um, these these douches. They even have a rapper. Okay. Hollywood uh, Hold. Okay, let's compare his video mm-hmm. to uh Oh, wow. So, in addition to having one of the most obnoxiously catchy tunes um ever... <laughs> throw a kit on that bitch. He is indeed going to throw a kit on that bitch, man. Throw a kit on that bitch. Mm-hmm. Yep. And just you know, d- that
1: that is a thousand times more legitimate mm-hmm. than anything we just saw in the English
0: documentary. <laughs> yes. Well he actually A appears to be riding a moped at some point during the video. Yep. Um his song is also about the ownership of Mopeds. I particularly like the if the headlight like goes out jiggle right. <laughs> it makes me smile every time. So it's perfectly possible for mopeds to be a cool subculture, or you know, even a little gangster. Dare I say they're they're not super gangster, in fairness. But you know, I mean, come on. Those English guys
1: are trying really hard. They're trying was, so hard. They were like, "Wow, the, the cops! I heard the cops hit a one of the bikers. Hit the rather the razors hit one of us, and they he gave him a little tap with his cane." And did you see him do it? No. Oh. <laughs> police we're we're rebels in insensible in shoes uh we got further moped
0: news M- further moped news uh huh apparently the, these mopeds are the new the new item of choice for criminals yes criminal mopeds moped criminals man
1: on moped leads cops on north side chase at at 27 miles per hour most of the time yeah uh, Chicago he ran a light mm-hmm. and hmm police went after him and that dude was not coming over. A chase
0: during which he twice fell off his vehicle. Well, he drove a silver moped through a parking lot before hitting a curve and falling off. Wow. Well, he got
1: back and accelerated the throttle. Just as a... Versus the non-throttle acceleration. Just as someone grabbed him. And a real tire of the moped. Yes. So the cop grabbed him and the wheel. Yes, and he was burned. This is, this is the thrilling low-speed chase.
0: Come back here... Don't make me walk fast.
1: Why would you, would, would you think to grab the tire of a, of a moped? No, that would be pretty low
0: on my list of things to grab. Yeah. I'd probably just shove the person a little bit. And they'd fall maybe off. maybe
1: yeah. shove a nightstick into the wheel, but.
0: I know, I, I, I just, I don't Push know. the guy. That
1: I mean, would solve the problem right there. Just yeah, push. I mean, maybe if I was Thor, I'd try to grab the wheel. I, yeah, I, no. I don't know why a cop would do yeah. that. No. It's very strange.
0: I, I just find the, you know, I'm escaping on my moped. <laughs>
1: like, you know, the whole time he's escaping, he's like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this is working! <laughs> 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 They're still back there! <laughs> I threw
1: a kit on it, bitch!
2: <laughs> Thank God I threw a kit on that bitch!
0: <laughs> Truly, listeners, isn't it time that you threw a kit on that bitch? <laughs> Oh, God. Now I want a moped. Mopeds. Mopeds are cool. All of a sudden, I feel the moped cool coming on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find a moped. And my wife is going to, I, ooh, I can feel, I can feel her eyes on me when I come home with a busted up moped. Yep. There it is. That's the sensation. <laughs> uh, mm mm-hmm. Uh, uh kind of like between your shoulder blades. You're, you know, kind of itches you're, there.
1: You're kind of, you're kind of. Yeah. Sh- ah. shirking there. Uh, uh, yeah. You okay? Now
0: yeah, they do, she does that, that, that one,
1: you know, the, the, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you gotta, your, your moped spent a considerable amount of time in a milk crate. Well, the, no. No, well, it wasn't in a milk crate. Well, Parts it was, of it. But okay, most of it was not.
0: <laughs> and in fairness, I was working on it. All the good bits of it? Well, the <laughs> cylinder was off and needed to sit somewhere. wire. mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I remember going into Honda Suzuki with you when you were looking for uh, parts for that.
0: No, I was looking, the second time I was looking for parts, for the right parts for my obscure moped, uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. which had to come from Japan,
0: see you in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Drop ship from Japan. <laughs> yeah,
1: that was great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I, go into, I go into, you know, have the cylinder honed, and normally they get out the big cylinder honed and they go wrong wrong with it. Now he gets out a wire brush on it. <laughs> He goes, I'm like, is that gonna be enough? He's like for these little engines, man, nothing better. <laughs> I'm like, Are you S- <laughs> S- <S- <S-> Yeah. I think our I think our microphone here in the in the studio displaces more than that thing did. <laughs> we could throw a kid on that bitch. <laughs> My god, you're right. This microphone we twice as
1: powerful. <laughs> well, instead of that, how about getting a tribute bike to the nineteen sixty eight Chevy Camaro? Why I what? This is a Camaro bike. It's it began life as a 2003 Yamaha B Star 650 Classic. Oh, so just like a Camaro, it looks fast, but you know, wow, isn't it? Was immediately disassembled and modified to pay homage to one of the hottest muscle cars to ever come out of Detroit. What? you know when you use a phrase like one of the hottest. That essentially that, that means that you're really you're
0: not at all the hottest. X
1: minus one is what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, This is one of the hottest. Really? It's kinda what well, it My Ford my Ford Pinto? One of the hottest cars ever to come out of Detroit. My Strom is one of the fastest bikes. Your moped was one of the fastest bikes mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My first bill was one of the most reliable bikes in the world. It's true. My God. This show is one of the best podcasts in the world. Wow. This is great. Uh, Camaro experts will note details, such as the custom 68 Camaro floor mat floorboards. The leaking oil. An actual Camaro brake pedal. Mullet. Emblems. Chick in (laughs) bikini top with tattoos. Chick barely in bikini top with tattoos, possibly in her ninth month. <laughs> paint scheme, lug nuts, and much more. I Paint scheme, went, like, back the hell up. Yes. Paint scheme, lug nuts? It's black. The paint
0: scheme is black.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like a black apparel. Also, I would like to ask this. Yes. Lug nuts? Where would you, what would you use? To exactly. Exactly.
0: Where the hell on this bike are lug nuts? And, by the way, how do you know they're Camaro lug nuts? These are Camaro chrome lug nuts. I, you know, dug, dug where nuts. would you stick the lug nuts? I think he's making shit up.
1: <laughs> I, think, I think I just completely made up. Where are the lug nuts? Oh, so, well, you know, they're looking. Well, Maybe they do what, like, Orange County Choppers does, where they just weld a lug nut to the gas tank, and they're like, bam. I'm thinking hot glue. Homage. <laughs>
0: Uh, It's pronounced homage, whatever. This guy probably does homage. Um, (laughs) It's a Camaro. It's an homage. It's a Camaro. It's an homage. Comes complete with America. This bike looks awesome accompanying your car and your butt rock beneath your pinup model or as a standalone statement with your rocker hair.
1: He personally traveled to California to hand select the Camaro parts that were used to build this baby. What, you find a shitbox old Camaro and start (laughs) getting parts out of it?
0: I mean, I'm not going to lie, you know, as muscle cars go, it was fast-ish. And more to the point, it was fastest and attainable by normal people at their budget. Mm. Which is really what I think gives the Camaro its, you know, its cachet. Is almost any, you know, if you want to beat your, your friend down the road, Earl, mm. and his Dodge Charger, mm-hmm. Camaro is pretty much
1: your only hope. Uh You know, I don't even like having a Chevy symbol on a car, much less sticking one on a bike. Chevy, this is a 650 Cruiser and it will go places sort of one of the fastest one of the hottest it has been one of the most well-tainted cared for
0: bikes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my strong is one of the most well-maintained and cared for bikes in the world oh, no! and he's had it in magazines yeah i don't think that's a real magazine that looks like a photoshop job and it's using comic sans font that's not a real magazine if it is a real magazine, it's coming
1: out of someone's garage, possibly yeah. his own. With comic sounds fun.
0: <laughs> this is actually just the just ride, the top Camaro bike there is. One
1: of the one of the
0: top one magazines. of the top magazines coming out of his garage. Sport cruiser touring dirt classic. Uh huh.
1: It's he's almost like he's keyword fishing on the front of the magazine. Uh, it's like one of the best bikes that we've ever seen on Craigslist. It, it is. It's just one of the best bikes ever <laughs> on nerds. Oh god, no. Mm, yeah. Uh, next up, we've got uh, A 2001 Suzuki gigs Ah, it burns the eyes.
0: Suzuki Kicker 1000, 6000. I'm hungry. Need candy. Must see all upgrades. Show quality bike done entirely in the style of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups
1: wrapper. Please tell me this is a sponsored bike. Um, look, there's helmets that there's match. There's even Reese's helmets that match. Reese's helmets. I'm going with this not is...
0: sponsored. I think this, this bike is owned by a fatty. This is a kindred spirit. <laughs> no, would dear you? fatty. <laughs> how would you like a bike that meet, that, that, that is relevant to your interests. (laughs) No. Perhaps you would like a bike with Reese's Peanut Butter Cups labels all over it. I love Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I do, too. I can't get them anymore because my daughter's allergic to peanuts. No. I like this bike
1: all of a sudden. But no. But I don't think I can bring it home. I wouldn't want this bike. You think your daughter would be allergic to this bike? I don't know. Could be. <laughs> there, I'm not prob- willing to try at this point. It's probably been in a facility where peanuts were were present. <laughs> it's processed in a facility
0: <laughs> that includes <laughs>
1: peanuts. <laughs> this bike. This is one of the most peanut-free bikes
0: <laughs> ever built. <laughs> one of the orangest. Is, is uh, no.
1: No. This is... Uh.
0: No. no, Come on, fatty. Let's go. Mm. No. No. Wouldn't you? Look at it. Is it working? No. You don't want a peanut butter cup?
1: I want a peanut butter cup, but I don't want this bike. I'm going to take this bike. Wait a minute. Strike that. Have you known me not to want a peanut butter cup? What I mean, do you think this is really influencing that particular part of my my genome?
0: Uh, I suppose probably not. (laughs) Maybe that's why they think it was such a good idea for marketing. They're like, you know, people use this bike and you're like, do you want a peanut butter cup? And people say,
1: yes. <laughs> it must be the bike. Obviously, it's the bike. This guy took the bike to the paint shop and they're like, well, what color do you want to do? He's unwrapping his candy. <laughs> oh. Dish. This many. <laughs> it's the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup bike. It's delicious. I hope he got money for this bike to do that. You know, like the guys that mm-hmm. sell their face space for mm-hmm. tattoos. Yeah, I don't think anyone ever has thought that was a good idea. Well, I, this would be a little bit better.
0: That's true. You this could, is one of the best ideas you could have for a bike. You're right. This is one of the most effective marketing campaigns <laughs> the world has ever seen. <laughs> Reese's. You roll up on this bike and you're like, hey, do you want a peanut butter cup? And people are like, yes. See? It's working already. So I thought right you were... now, this bike
1: is working on you.
0: While wow, this beer is strong.
1: I thought you were going to say, you're going to roll up on this bike. You want to reach this peanut butter cup? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Get in the van. <laughs> <laughs> no, I ate the ball on the way here. The wrappers <laughs> are just spewing out of the exhaust.
0: <laughs> my helmet's, I can only see out of part of my visor because it's got peanut butter and chocolate all over it. My helmet smells of peanut butter and chocolate for years. There's this giant smear of chocolate <laughs> across the just got, I got it all around the mouth. I you know? forgot to lift the shield before <laughs> I ate I Here's a tip. Don't leave them in your tank bag. They melt. Yeah, the good news is when they melt, you can
1: eat them with a spoon. <laughs> you just drink them. <laughs> here's, here's a spoonful. i proved my tank bag is waterproof. This tank bag is completely watertight. And then you can pour in some Reese's peanut butter cereal. Our brother is preparing awesome. to sell this right now. <laughs> The Reese's Melter and Drinker, Adventure Reese's. <laughs> this is relevant to my interest. I want a tank bag that can double as a cereal bowl. <laughs> <laughs> We've all wanted. Yeah, you know, They have a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup cereal.
0: There's only one downside to it. Yes. The cereal is like you, you can't eat it and then get into a car with anyone.
1: Well, that's why it's a motorcycle. Perfect.
0: Oh my God. Like, this is the, this is the answer to all <laughs> my problems. This is what I've been looking for. I can eat my Reese's Cup cereal and then I can jump on the bike and I can ride around and I can eat Reese's peanut butter cups all day. And my daughter can't get hurt by them because I'm, you know, by myself at, on the bike. At speed. Yeah. At speed. You know, she's not there. Right. So I'm good. Right. You
1: know? Right. Oh my God. The, that flat, te- that gas tank is perfectly flat. At last, <laughs> the,
0: the, yeah. The there's tank. actually little Reese's peanut butter cup shaped divots in that tank at the top. I think. Can you see them there? You know, you put them. You put them in the little divots, and then <laughs> and as you you're going, dunk you down.
1: down. <laughs> don't, Go dunk with your, your head. <laughs> <laughs> you just suck them in through the air vents. Of the- <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to unwrap that shit. The paper just gets caught on the bench. <laughs>
0: And the paper you're riding along, the paper's going... <laughs> <laughs> Eventually it blows off. It's no big deal.
1: Yeah, right, because you're in the wind tunnel. You know, you're fine. Yeah. Oh my god, this is
0: perfect. This bike, we need this bike. <laughs> Somebody buy me this bike. Suddenly this bike is relevant. I to I must my have it today. <laughs> Here's one th- worry I have about this bike. One?
1: Are you always... Well, <laughs> would, you, would you say... <laughs> When would you say it's one of the worst this is one of the most important questions about this bike what parts of the bike do you think are sticky the seat the handlebars <laughs> the gas tank all the switches the bitch seat mm-hmm. um, yep. the
0: pedals the, I'm thinking the, 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 the edge of the tank around where it falls in your lap and oh you yeah, drop it and you know, it gets just slime yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a very sticky bike uh-huh. it's going to attract bees like nobody's business <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is a problem. Well, you know, it's you could dip the bee in chocolate <laughs> and eat it. Okay, yeah, <laughs> it tastes solid. like honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're <It's> so yummy.
2: Just <laughs> <It's> bite me. <laughs> you
0: hey, check okay. a peanut butter cup. Yes. I got to go ahead from this bike and I'm, I'm going to have to like make a stop on my way home and eat a peanut butter cup and then wash my face and hands. Eat all the peanut butter cups.
1: <laughs> I like a giant box of them. All you got to do is just go into the Seven Eleven, buy one, tell the clerk, open that up and just, just dump it in. Just and right in here. Just tilt it in. <laughs> Feed me, Seymour.
0: <laughs> I'm going to buy a bag of peanut butter cups and I think a thing of wet wipes <laughs> to de-sterilize everything <laughs> afterwards.
1: How sensitive is she?
0: Um, pretty damn sensitive. We didn't have to epipen her, but we had to give her the Benadryl the first time she, like, tasted a little peanut butter. Uh Turns out the happy news about that is that kids who are allergic to peanut butter also don't like the taste of it. So if there's a little bit of peanut in something, it'll tend to go bleh. Okay.
1: So we got that going for us. That's better than, you know, the other way. I
2: love peanut butter. I love peanut butter. (laughs) Are you okay? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Listeners, if you ever want to experience real fear and, and cry as a grown man, try using a child's EpiPen and testing it on yourself until you figure out how hard you're going to have to push down on it.
1: Where do you push it? In your leg or?
0: Into your leg. A okay. you know, big muscle group. Like so you just got to just stab yourself in the leg? Yeah. And it's hard. Like, it's so hard you would feel really awkward doing it to your to kid. Like a little baby. Yeah. Doing it to yourself is like, uh ah. Uh-huh. Doing it to baby, I, God, I yeah. hope I never no, have
2: to. God, no. Yeah, I
0: know. It's like that.
1: <sighs> Sticky. Uh-huh, uh-huh, Sticky. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: Okay. That's, uh, so we're doing something a little different this week. Yes, we are. Um, a little behind the show trivia. A, a glimpse behind the curtain.
2: <gasps>
1: we record our interview before we do the show. Typically. Typically. We record our interviews first. So that, at the point you hear us talking right now, we've already done the interview. We already we, know what's We know come. what's happening, yeah. So we have all the jokes set up and it's like, it just, it's like magic. Yep. This time we're not. Nope. Our interview isn't going to happen for a couple days. So we have no freaking idea what's about to happen. Yep. We're going to be talking to the, uh, designer at Alt-Rider about what he does and who he is. Okay, we are on the phone with the incredibly important Eric and designer Jimmy of uh, AltRider. Hi guys. Hello. Oh. Hello. See, I was, I made sure to say he was incredibly important. Well, if we don't say Eric is incredibly important enough time, Jimmy doesn't get paid as much, I think. (laughs) I think they hang up on us. (laughs) Now, I I got to meet these guys in person uh, a few weeks back when Eric picked me up at the airport where I was being a hobo. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I, after talking to them, seeing what they do and stuff, I thought it'd be really cool if we could just get them on the line and and talk to, um, especially Jimmy as a designer for Mm Alt-Rider and Mm -hmm. Eric as his babysitter. So yeah, how you doing guys?
3: Uh, Very great. Good. And just to clarify, I'm a guy that does things.
1: And terribly important things.
3: Yes. I just I mainly watch to make sure people are, are moving their mouse and clicking enough. <laughs> sounds sounds a bit like my job. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. call so. it bossing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um Jimmy, you, you, have you ho- spoken up yet to us? I, I don't remember. i said
4: hello, yes. I'm okay. a little more reser-
1: reserved than Eric. Okay, cool. <laughs> One of those introvert engineers. You Who's got that? in the corner cutting something out of aluminum right now. Actually, with him, I, he cuts it out of cardboard, I saw. There, he's got all these like paper models of like planes and bombs and dismembered women.
3: Who's that? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Cardboard. Oh, I thought you were talking about me for a second. Jeez. Yeah, no. <laughs> Gosh. We've
1: had Eric on the show before. He's the he's their uh, marking liaison. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, no, no, no. You're wrong, you're wrong again. Am I? she's uh, media people—they never do their research. Where weren't you, you were
1: like the dealer liaison, right?
3: Oh, no, yeah. I'm the sales guy. I...
1: Right, so, so, Jimmy, Jimmy, tell
0: us about your cardboard fetish. Cause I guess when most people think of designing <laughs> stuff as an engineer, they think of, you know, lots of CAD drawings and fancy programs. And
4: yeah, it's a little bit, um, basics of it are it's a lot cheaper to cut cardboard and be wrong than to cut aluminum and be wrong. <laughs> and so it does involve, still involves a lot of, uh, fancy, secretive CAD that, you know, it's not really that fancy or secretive, but it's really useful because the cardboard we still cut out on a plotter cutter, uh, you know, instead of doing like, like old school technical drawings, like big, huge drawings on a plotter, it's the same kind of cutter that you could use to cut vinyl stickers out or vinyl designs or whatever. We use it, you know, with a knife instead of a pen. And so we can go straight from the CAD to cutting a chunk of cardboard that, has the exact correct geometry, but again, is a lot less expensive. Um, in, t- in terms of just making sure bolt holes are in the right spot and making sure, uh, you know, we use it visually a lot when we're doing, you know, cutouts for air cooling or styling purposes or adding our logo somewhere. It's really easy to, to just put a piece of cardboard on the bike or spray paint it, the, you know, silver and take a look at it and say, Hey, does that, does that look right or not?
0: So speaking Speaking on behalf of our budget conscious listeners, you know, KLR owners and such, uh, are those cardboard, uh, test things available for sale?
4: <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we will, we will develop a line of structural cardboard, uh, in the near future, I'm sure. No, no, no we cannot. Uh, they're really not that strong. They're probably not even good at deflecting bugs. It's pretty flimsy cardboard
0: cardstock that we use. So do you ever get any weird things that show up from the cardboard? Like all of a sudden a new skid plate comes out and it says, Eric is a stinky head on the side of it?
4: As uh, someone drew it with magic No, <laughs> but I could probably work that into a prototype because we can always uh you know, once we get a metal prototype we can always change it, uh change it for production, so I could always make a prototype Uh, That says Eric is a stinky head. Yeah,
1: do that, and I'll come back up and buy you lunch.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) and of course the the, yeah the cardboard thing only works well for um for things that are made you know mostly starting with sheet metal, of course, which is a lot of what we do the skid plates and the the luggage racks. Um, Clearly, we can't do soft luggage out of cardboard. Just doesn't uh, doesn't work quite the same.
3: Yeah, that's that's a quick quick. Cardboard's not that strong. I mean, that's why we use aluminum. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for the, the Thank technical,
1: you <laughs> technical interjection there. No, uh, don't get me wrong. I've definitely thought of
4: taking a chunk of cardboard and like overlaying it with fiberglass or carbon fiber or something. would be a,
3: a fun experiment. Uh, tell, tell Jimmy has to tell you about his his carbon fiber titanium crash bar idea.
4: Uh, it's an idea. I highly doubt we will pursue it, but it's, you know, there's just so much you can do. Uh, in particular, because you can buy carbon tubes, you know, stock carbon tubes. You don't need a, a mold or anything. You can just buy the tubing. And the question is always, how do you join them? And you can join them now with the, you know, additive manufacturing or 3D printing, whatever you want to call it. You can make all these awesome titanium joints for your stock carbon tubes. And you don't have to have a big, huge mold or anything. There's There's real potential there for some, you know, for us to sell what? five parts at $3,000 a piece. So, I don't know that we'll pursue that, but, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it's if, kind of if, like if a, we made them, we could probably sell 10 sets worldwide and we get our picture in magazines. And then, you know, that,
3: that's yeah, kind of about it. It's <laughs> like a manufacturing prowess type of thing. Like when Honda made the, uh, the, uh, room, you know, it cost them $99,000 to make it. And they sold it for 30, you know, it's just a look what we can do. So there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a,
4: a halo product. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's a lot of fun to think about, but clearly our, you know, our bread and butter is right at that. You know, made in the USA, works really well, looks
1: really well. So how, how does a person become a motorcycle parts designer? Where, where do you come from? Were, uh, were you carving stuff out of styrofoam as a child? No, I mean, my desks <laughs> in
4: grade school were always covered in doodles for sure.
1: Just because you draw a bunch of dicks on wood doesn't make it a doodle. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. Hey, they were very artistically drawn. So. <laughs> they were very anatomically <laughs> correct. So speaking of, I do have a fine art background and did do a fair share of life drawing classes in college. But no, I have an art background. Dick drawing? Uh, not specifically dick drawing. It's uh-huh. all parts of the anatomy. It's one of the side effects of life drawing classes. You go
0: and in the, in the, the inverse law of of nudity applies is the more you want to see someone nude, the less likely it is to happen. And the inverse is also true. Mm. That's what I learned from life drawing.
4: It's pretty (laughs) much true. Every once in a while, you'd see someone on campus who you knew because of course they're poor college kids and life drawing modeling pays okay as a campus job. So you'd see somebody be like, I've seen you before. I've seen like all of you before. And now
1: you're (laughs) just walking across campus.
4: But how do you approach someone? You can't be like, Hey, Hi. you you just have to ignore them.
1: Hey, I hope that rash cleared up from the (laughs) piercing.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So no, no, I have a fine art background. And then when ended up going back to school for design and, um, did I designed trade show booth structures for a while, which is a whole industry that it, I didn't even know existed at the time and then
1: You mean just the booth in the show itself? Just Just the just the booth itself. The yeah, structure. The structure it all has to be it's kind of a
4: fascinating area. I could talk a while about it, but it's all you know, it has to be able to be taken apart, put back together, pulled out of crates. And
0: it look like, fancy once it's together. Yeah. It
4: looks fancy once it's together. It has to be put together by basically either the marketing people. In the business or show labor that you hire, you know, from the display hall. So, essentially,
1: usually slightly unskilled labor. That was tactful. That was good, Jimmy. That was
3: nice. Jimmy uh, designed the <laughs> Alt-Rider trade show booth. That's how he's, that's where he gets connected to That's Alt-Rider. where I got connected. And then, and then I, my actual,
4: like, that's like the design background in terms of how do you use the program? How do you draw stuff? Mm-hmm turn things from conception into reality. And then my experience is um, like experiential design. I did a lot of like outdoor trips. I led a lot of trips and actually organized logistics for an outdoor center that took teens out into the woods and did kayaking and backpacking and hiking and all these things. Did a lot of stuff with uh, adventure bicycles uh, in terms of riding on all the forest roads around here. And, and a lot of those things, really cross over and inform what I do at Alt-Rider because it's, uh, you know the only thing with the motorcycles is you're a little less concerned about weight maybe than backpacking. <laughs> I mean, the backpackers can get pretty obsessive cutting the handles off their toothbrushes and stuff like that. But uh in terms of the performance of gear in the field, in the backcountry, like what a thing has to do, you know, you don't want it to fail on you. Those sorts of things are really, you know, pretty universal with people that, People that travel outside the city limits or or act like knuckleheads in the city limits and use their skid plates over curbs and stuff are pretty uh, pretty similar type of people. I, I
0: deny everything. Don't do that. <laughs> Never did
4: that ever, ever. Deny all knuckleheaded activity. No. Yes. I don't know if that was a long, long or short answer, Roy.
1: No, that, that's what I was looking for. So talk about how a product goes from just a, a hair brand idea to... Something that goes in a box. Hmm. Uh, like, who comes up with the ideas? Do people come to you with the ideas? Or are you sitting back there brainstorming all day long? We definitely
3: listen to our customers. That's one way. Yeah. If people are asking for something, that's definitely... We're very in tune with our customer base, but...
4: Yeah, I mean, and there's clearly... we like we're like As a small company, we're always going to have a list of things we'd like to make that is longer than what we actually can make. Uh, like and,
3: Buell, Buell Crash Bars. I Buell Buell mean, it's so high up on there, but... We're so busy with, you know, Grom uh, crash bars right now. Just can't I
1: f- I fucking hate you so oh, much.
3: Adventure Grom. That's got that's <laughs> got, got my, legs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
4: no, so you know, so we have a big list of stuff and then it's uh, definitely a combination of talking with Eric, who's in touch with our dealers, uh, talking with our other marketing folks who are really plugged into the forums, talking with our front desk staff who Takes phone calls and emails from people like, "Hey, where's this?" or "Hey, what about this?"
1: Has it ever been a case of Jeremy comes into your office, he's bloody, he's dirty, and he's like, "This broke." Uh, almost, not something
4: broke, but definitely like, I was out in the back country, and I really wish I had, you know, this thing <laughs> or like or this thing on a buddy's right. bike broke, or I wish uh, I don't know if we can. You don't, I don't no, know, absolutely. Like, things. I mean, but like like the brake lever, we're looking at exactly. doing. So right now, our our R1200 has an awesome custom brake pedal riser because when you stand up on the bike, the brake pedal's just in a stupid position, right? You want a a different brake pedal height when you're standing or sitting. Mm -hmm. So our custom riser right now is a rock that's duct taped on...
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We can send you a photo of that. It
4: was (laughs) was carefully selected from among many options of rocks on the ground. (laughs) It's
3: uh, it's volcanic rock. rock so it's
1: very porous and it's light very porous and light uh duck, was was there a market study for the color <laughs> yeah, of the rock 16 yeah yeah. Yeah, rock.
4: yeah yeah you know it has to be rock a type of rock that's available in all markets so somebody can find it and yeah we're, as a product we're just going to ship a photo of the type of rock you're looking for
3: mm-hmm. yeah it's like and... <laughs> eBay when you when you buy plans to how to assemble
1: <laughs> go find this and you know the day I was at alt-rider one of the guys there was like snipping out their little Alt-Rider logo and putting it into a part. Mm-hmm. I could just imagine him doing that to rocks all day long. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to send you down to the river with a five gallon bucket. and I, oh,
4: Yeah. Uh, and a gun. Yeah. So that You know, that was one where Jeremy was out on a ride when we first got the bike and was like, you know, I need something. And so right now that rock is on there and that's on a list of like, let's figure out uh, a solution. And of course, BMW has a solution on the adventure, the GS adventure comes with the two position brake pedal. And so, you know, we're looking at a different way of achieving that in sort of an alt rider way or just an alternative for people.
3: And and we're in the in the only, and, and this might seem really simple, and this is something that customers have asked us for for a long time. Hey, why don't you guys remake that version of the adjustable foot pit, foot brake lever for all the bikes? And that's great. We could go in and we can engineer the heck out of this thing. But the, the truth is it'll end up costing $300 by the time we're done with it. And yes, there are people willing to pay that, but that's not what we're about. You know, we, 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 we we're trying to create this happy medium of, of, okay, we need to solve a problem. We have to make it good. We have to add value to it, but it can't cost this ridiculous amount of money. That's not what we're about. So I think that's, Really, one of the main reasons we don't have this thing done yet is we're we're just trying to find, yeah, and we're and just trying to find how to do it with all these. Yeah, the considered. brake lever,
4: and and we, there's definitely a, you know, as a, as a company, we want to have a certain level of consistency in terms of if we're gonna offer, you know, a, a brake lever, we'd like to sort of research it and at least in a short ish time frame, come out with more than one, you know, a brake lever for a couple different bikes, let's say. And so right now, like we do the skid plates, the luggage rack plates, and we do that across a few bikes. So when a bike like the KTM 1190 shows up, it's like, hey, we, you know, that's a big bike. It's going to be a real popular bike. We need to make a skid plate for that bike because we think we can sell them. We think there's opportunity to make a skid plate that improves on, you know, the plastic thing the bike comes with. Uh, And so, you know, when we look at our list of products, like what are we going to choose to develop? That one jumps to the top of the list. Uh, naturally. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, we just can't make everything because so we've got all kinds of fun ideas. <laughs> but, uh,
1: yeah. Okay, yeah. so, like, the idea of you got your your crash bars, your skid plate, um, what other kind of things are sort of a universal, let's make one for this, each of these models, kind of like a.
3: We do a lot of side stand at larger feet. That's something that we're not really known very well for, but it's something that I think we do better than. than a lot of the other guys out there is our side stand larger and uh, jimmy i'll let him talk about it but it's again it's something that we do for just about every bike i mean it's
4: yeah and it's something that i think a lot of people don't realize you can't really make universal because all this you know the side stand pads that come welded to stock feet are all different shapes and
3: yeah um, even for yeah. even for the model so if you have a gs 1200 you have an Let's say, let's make it even more specific. You have a 2014 R1200 GS. Okay. Within that, it even gets finer. You have the lowered version. You have the GSA version and what other, other, what other ever versions you have, you know? Those literally BMW changes the side stand pad for those bikes within that very specific model. So talk. That about. seems
1: kind of wasteful.
3: It is. And talk about challenging. The only thing, the only one that makes sense in my mind has to be the lower version because you actually are changing the side stand, making it shorter.
1: Sure,
4: but, yeah. but there's no reason the foot pad itself really, has to be different. Yeah. They just, I don't know, whatever for some production region on their end. So, um, so if you, you, you originally asked about going through the kind of the life cycle of a, a, a part. Yeah. Um, so, so the KTM skid plate's a good one. It's, it's pretty recent. You know, okay, that bike came out. Hey, let's make a skid plate for it. The, it starts by first getting a bike and just usually, especially a bike like that, that's out in Europe before here. It starts by looking at pictures of the bike before we can actually touch one. Um, because we're not quite ready to send me on these awesome European vacations to look at motorcycles. We'll get there one day. Mm, yeah. <laughs> work on that. <laughs> hint, hint, hint. <laughs> send me. Uh, <laughs> and then we, we measure up the bike. We have a system for getting the hard points because we need to know where things are going to bolt to. Um, and then look at what needs to be protected, which is, you know, a lot of times it's easy to think, Oh, the bottom of the bike, which is true, but you're also looking at like the, the side stand bracket on the KTM is pretty vulnerable and sticking out there. Um, some bikes have, you know, they're like the VSTROM has its oil filter and header hanging out right in space there. in the yeah. front. Um, so looking at that, um, in this particular case, we had to look at, we looked at compatibility with a lot of those bikes are coming stock with factory crash bars already on them.
0: Mm-hmm. Painted orange, no What's
4: that? Painted oh, orange, no I parked next to one. So so we say, okay, well, you know, we should probably make it fit with the factory bars. There's some bikes where if it doesn't come with factory bars, we don't necessarily worry about making our product compatible with every other thing out there. We just can't do that. Uh, but the KTM we did, you know, we looked at it, we measured it up. We start, you know, I sit down with the, the president, Jeremy, and I sit down and just kind of lay under and look at the bike and say, okay, let's protect this, this, and this. <laughs> and we need to watch out for, you know, is there a way we can make it so the user can do an oil change with the skid plate still in place, uh, which is not always possible on the KTM. It's, it's kind of impossible to do without putting giant holes in
3: the skid plate. Mm. And do and do the hand guards need guards? The hand guard guards.
0: Yes, yeah, so yeah. you gotta have handguards. Yeah, lines. handguard. Yes. Sell those with the windshield. Windshield skid plate. plate. <laughs> skid plate plate. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and then yeah, make the uh, you know make our first crack at a cardboard cutout just to see if thing looks o- things look okay.
1: And uh, and this would be before you got your hands on this. This is bike, after we got own... our hands on them.
4: Oh, yeah, okay, we were able to measure it up because even though we build some adjustability, you know our holes are a little bit oversized and.
3: A <laughs> little, little <laughs> bit of
4: adjustability. <laughs> you know, there's always a little bit of variability here and there.
3: It's always uh, a little bit sloppy when the bolts are
1: And then, uh, so you build up your cardboard model. Yeah, build up
3: cardboard. Bolt it on. Put some tape on there. And then,
4: you know, this is before doing any sort of styling work. And another thing, usually it's not a big deal with skid plates, but of course we're looking at ground clearance, clearance to the engine, uh, cornering, corner, cornering clearance big comes one. into play sometimes those skid plates a lot more with the side stand and larger feet and with mm-hmm. crash bars, corner and clearance is a much bigger deal. Uh, making sure that, you know, the foot peg hits before any of our stuff hits the ground
3: again. And, and, and just to interrupt this again, this comes into my whole comment about developing this happy medium. We want to protect the bike. We want it to look good, but we also don't want to make it overly ridiculously hard to install at the same time. So mm-hmm. we're, everything we do, we're always coming back to the customer experience. Not only do we want to produce a high quality product that's better protection than everybody else, but we also want to have a good customer experience. So part, a really big challenge, what Jamie's really good at is evaluating the design overall, trying to achieve, you know, okay, let's, let's, let's use these bolts, but let's, uh, you know, let's not incorporate some ridiculously huge intricate bracketry into this that, uh, adds 45 minutes to the install because it, you, you look at some of the designs out there the easy way sometimes is this really intricate bracketry system that ends up costing a lot it's really hard to install and it and we really go for a really simple clean look but it's hard because again this is a, this is a happy medium we can't we don't want to sacrifice too much of any one thing whether it be design cost or customer experience just worth yeah. pointing out yeah.
0: And that is why you can never have your Buell crash box. Exactly. Shut up.
3: <laughs> that, that, that's all in the looks department, I have to say.
0: Wow. <laughs> Ouch. Well, that actually brings up a good point. So then the, your selection for bikes, your so a new wacky bike, I'm thinking of like a Moto Guzzi Stelvio. Not a lot of those around. So by that, that probably doesn't answer. go very and high on your yeah, list.
3: The, the, yeah. Stelvio, the Stelvio, it's just plain and simple. The, the bike... Uh okay I'll, I'll put it to you this way. We have our European operation that we're really really investing a lot into trying to grow because Europe is is really where the trend for these bikes is being set. Most of them are made there, for example, Silvio. Mm-hmm. So when we have a big market going in Europe, we might be able to justify creating these parts for this bike, but it's a really boutique motorcycle. There's not <laughs> they they hardly exist on the streets of America and there's not as much of a demand so yeah it's
4: pretty i mean the, the cost of developing and then the retail price of a set of crash bars is going to be you know similar ish across the board no matter what the motorcycle is mm-hmm. and then you know so we say okay it's going to cost us x amount to make you know our cost from which you know we need a certain margin whatever percent so you know that would that drives what our retail is and we say okay how many can we expect to sell and at some point it's kind of like, well, you know, we either if we're only going to sell a few of these, we would either need to up the price to make it, you know, to make money feasible, and continue to yeah. continue to live as a company. And if we up the price, no one's going to buy them. So we're not going to sell any. And at some point it's just. uh, But,
3: but as motorcycle riders, as we all adult Alt Rider are, do we want to make parts for bikes? Yes, absolutely. Bikes like that are freaking cool to us. They're awesome. But. We have to just, like, sit down or take a cold shower and calm down and realize that, hey. Which is (laughs) tough, because we've got
4: great customers. You know, guys will roll up on, you know, whatever, dr you know, 650s, and and people pull into our parking lot, and they say hi, and they love us. They've heard about us. They want to buy stuff. And it's like, I'm sorry, I don't have much for your bike, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Have you considered stickers? (laughs) 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 You know, which which is, is tough, and it's... Like, I, you know, yeah, man, I want to, and if I had, you know, whatever, a XYZ bike, it's like, yeah, I want cool stuff for it. And it's, uh, you know, that's the fun part about being a growing company is we are, the number of products we offer is increasing and it's steadily increasing. So we're excited to get to that point of really filling in the gaps in our product Mm -hmm. line as a, as we, as we crank stuff out.
0: So, so, we've been talking about the good products and the good ideas so far. I'm curious to hear a
1: story of a, a really cool sounding idea that just went completely pear shaped on it. That's really good. good. I'm kind of wondering if you guys ever did a skid plate where you did the cornering test and it just went horribly wrong.
4: No. We haven't really
1: got to that point. Let's see. I'm trying Yeah, try to corner it.
4: What's the classic interview question? Like, my problem is I just, I'm too dedicated and I work myself too hard. That's like, you know, when people ask you in your interview, it's <laughs> what's just... your biggest weakness?
3: <laughs> no, well, I, you know. When's answer, the last time you've really been to test? answer because Alt-Rider uh, overall is near perfect, so it's really <laughs> having trouble with what. What's your worst idea? Had a, uh, God, I've had lots of bad ideas. Gosh, remember that time uh, with the the jell the, uh, Jello and the kiddie pool?
4: Yeah, yeah, the, the Jell-O and kiddie pool
3: transport
4: package. Yeah. No.
3: <laughs> or that one offer uh, at, at uh, the rally where we were going to, well, no. th- this is a kid show. This is a family <laughs> show. A
4: family show. <laughs>
3: it uh, <is>. No, <laughs>
4: uh, That's
3: good. There have
4: points. been <laughs> a couple of hiccups with um and this isn't even like a big mess up thing, but it's stuff where um you know, a bike is available in a couple of configurations from the factory. Like there's the bike, or you can get the bike with panniers, let's say. Mm-hmm. And we'll make our rear rack for the bike, and it's sweet and it's sexy, and, you know, our flat luggage rack plate has these cool turn-down edges on it, usually for strength. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that from with the factory panniers, like, our rack doesn't work at all. It's just like, uh, why didn't, you know, what What did we miss? How, you know, so every once in a while, there's something like that. It's just like, oh, man, we're dumb. <laughs> you know, how did we miss that? And usually it's a, you know, we're just so excited and so into our rack design that we either miss that the factory offered two configurations of the bike or it, just a little stuff like that. No, okay, but but so... usually the biggest
3: things are... Something changes. Something changes. Like, like the radiator guards on the R1200GS was like not as okay. The crash bars on the R1200GS. Yeah, mainly it's BMW because BMWs. <sighs> so, so. <laughs> Let's just be clear about this. the yeah.
4: BMW <laughs> was Making a probably they considered a continual improvements, especially from like the 2013 to 2014. You know, from the first year of the bikes out to the second year.
1: You know what we need to do? We need to make the beak longer.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bigger beak, more plastics and LEDs. Uh, but uh. but they, uh, they changed something on the frame, which seems like a really small change. They changed the the thickness of a frame tag and changed from two holes to one hole in this. Oh, cabinet. God. And that's, but that's right where our crash bar mounts. And so, you know, we get calls <laughs> from a customer like, I buy your crash bars. And, like, the pictures and the instructions don't match. You know what I'm seeing on my bike what's going on and of course BMW doesn't tell us and we're not I'm not constantly over at the dealership like crawling over bikes I'm over there fairly often but uh so then we go and we gotta you know call or see if we can get pictures from somebody and then oh yeah it looks like they actually you know BMW changed and we have to change our design and we have you know several thousand dollars in, in tooling and jigs set up to produce these crash bars so that they're you know so that the holes are on and things line up and then the bike changes. Wow.
1: Uh, so at that point, does it ever feel personal? <laughs> no it no never feels personal. Not personal. <laughs> you know how we need to screw with these yeah. guys. <laughs> Watch this.
0: Oh, ho, ho, aftermarket skid plates, eh? Ho, ho, ho.
1: But
4: uh, yeah, there's definitely times where it feels like, you know, somebody at BMW made a change and is like, well, you know, this <laughs> sucks to be that. Fuck you, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun with this one. But yeah, as far as things just going, you know, bad, bad, bad. I'm, tri- you know, every once in a while we get like a bad batch of anodization or something that fades in the sun. Most of that's caught in our quality checks that we do. Of you know, every time we get a box of uh, parts from the factory, we inspect them before they go out to customers. Um, but certain things like the anodization can look great, perfectly black but you can't tell that it's going to fade in the sun until it's actually sat out in the sun.
3: You know, um, and that this brings, this brings yeah. a really good point because our QC process is really strict and we take, obviously, every company says they take their quality really seriously, but, you know, honestly, guys, we take it really seriously. We're, we're selling a really boutique um, product f- for people who are paying good money for it. We can't uh, forget about that, but also we're putting these parts on the bikes that are... They're pretty, they're pretty darn good looking bikes. I mean, we're always trying to uh, accentuate or improve the look of the bike, not make it look super Uber industrial and, you know, Mad Max even though that's has a cool aspect to it. But, you know, I have to say it's great being the manufacturer, actually being all right or the person who makes the parts because we can control these things. And rarely do we have uh, these issues that get out onto the market because we have such a really close relationship with the manufacturing process because we're not we're not just a distributor or somebody who is handling the product. We're you know it's our baby. It's it's what we're doing. We're 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 making this stuff. So um, on, the flip, on the flip side of that, sounds like it if you have something that slips through QC, it's going to
4: cost you a fortune.
3: It could. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it hurts our it
3: hurts us as a company overall. I and mean, it.
4: Then it hurts us. And again, it goes back to that, you know, a guy pulls up in the parking lot and has something that's not working for him. It's just like, Oh man, I feel for you because it, you know, I have my own stuff and I hate yeah. it when stuff doesn't work. I hate it when, you know, something's not right. So we really like, we want to make things
1: right for people. It hurts because Jeremy like physically beats you, right?
4: Physically yeah. hurts because Eric again is my babysitter, puts me in the crib and then I go to timeout.
3: I get those, I get I'm those, those I get those 12 gauge beanbag shells. And I just take a little <laughs> bit of the powder out of them, so it hurts, but it won't like send anybody to the hospital. Yeah, and then I mean, you just back yeah. up like five yards and just you know unload.
1: That would explain all the powder burns I saw in their office. <laughs> hey. hey,
3: actually, that that
1: brings up a question: how much <coughs> how how much interaction do you Jimmy have with the actual customers?
4: A lot, because we have there's I mean you saw how our office size and shape
1: and mm-hmm. there's like eight of us in here. Yeah, and um, yeah, you're stuck in the closet.
3: It's Often. pretty, it's pretty Often. intimate. You
4: know, somebody's out at lunch and like, Hey, I'll answer the phones or somebody walks up to the counter and Matt at the front counter is already busy with somebody. I'll talk to the customer. So I get a, a lot of, I don't always tell them I'm the designer because <laughs>
1: <laughs> you said it. who's the moron that designed this thing? Not, not even, not so much that. <laughs> that dude's out you,
4: to lunch, man. I'm sorry. Talk about missing. getting ideas from customers when you tell someone you're the designer, <laughs> which is great. You oftentimes get a mix of like, you guys should like, well, like, you know, I, I can't even think of, you know, like, you know what you need is like, you know how those canes, you, know you, can, you, should you, get, do... you can get like a walking cane that turns into a sword. Like I want that <laughs> but for crash bars or, you know, stuff like that. Or like, wait, yeah, you know, of, I want to mount a crossbow
1: to my crash bars.
4: Yeah. Instead of carrying a spare tube, I could just carry a spare wheel. So you could just make a whole spare wheel carrier or it's, yeah, it's,
3: crash bars. it's what you should do. It's what you hear. You know what yeah. you should do? And so, yeah. I mean, there's a great
1: balance because people are. You should make parts for a Buell Ulysses. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah! Wow. The so, time has come. I yeah, have a lot of. I things. can bring one up do, there.
3: We do. Do you, uh... do you remember what happened to Buell? By the way, do you remember what happened to them? Yes. Okay. Case closed.
4: <laughs> wow. They didn't have a good aftermarket <laughs> support, and then. Oh, that's that's, that's true. Yeah, it. absolutely. We uh, and also we go to like we go to like the uh the BMW uh the BMW MOA rally every year where I do Moa. a lot of installs laying on the ground, like actually wrenching on bikes. We do quite a few installs for local people, people who buy from us that are local. We have a, a really reduced install rate in terms of like what we'll charge people for an install. Like lunch. It's like not shop rates. Yeah. It's like, I prefer IPAs. It's and... like, a,
3: <laughs> it's more like a Coke and a smile. Kind yeah.
4: Of but, uh, you know, and so it's it's great to have that hands-on. Um, and half the fun is uh, somebody who already has other aftermarket parts on their bike and wants to take them off to put ours on. Uh, that's very I, f- I mean, fun in quotes, because usually removing somebody else's rusted-on stuff is uh, exciting.
1: Have you run into an instance of someone brings you a bike or you're looking through a magazine or whatever, and you see something you're, and it's not from Outrider, and you're like, holy shit, that's mine. I I I designed that. Someone is gonna die. You
4: I mean like somebody yeah, straight like, like co- copied our yeah. design. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every yeah. once in a while, you'll see something that's it's not a blatant, but you can definitely see. I mean, like, being a designer, you would
1: have like an eye for that. You know, you, you're like yeah. you can recognize your work.
4: Yeah, you see Absolutely. stuff and it's kind of like, oh, that really looks like our stuff. It's sometimes it's hard because I know what the the lead time is on parts so it's sometimes a little tricky to say is that a straight up copy or did we both have a good idea or, or did we both copy the same person you know <laughs> <laughs> There's some other dude it's like I know that oh, no! it's like damn it everybody's making things look like iPhones no <laughs> No uh, uh but I don't think we've really I mean the closest there's a certain t-shirt uh, we have that looks a lot like another t-shirt out there and that's not something I, i'm not involved in t-shirt design but it's great, like wait a minute that's our t-shirt design that we've had for like four years
3: yeah and then we like pick we, we, we're like green and i keep seeing green stuff and i'm like what the heck <laughs> yeah hey, Kalisana, that's our green yeah it's like whoa bro <laughs> we've had that since at
4: least 2012
3: come on and it's like and it's like you just look at them and you're like do you even ADV bro that's my yeah.
4: no. and the, anyway, yeah, the, the, the rallies and the uh, and the you know the shows are always cool to talk to people and there's so many I mean people do all this crazy stuff every show you know especially in, in the northwest with the aircraft industry we have here you know <laughs> probably every other customer I talk to has manufacturing experience. Like, Oh, they run a CNC mill or, Oh, they've got this little side job or, Oh, they're a machinist at Boeing or, Oh, they, you know, they do electronics, which is something I don't do, but it's, it's always great because people also will give us great ideas or great leads or, Hey, you should talk to this guy or, Hey, you know, there's this guy on the forum making like, you know, one of these at a time in his garage. You should go
1: over and, to his garage and snuff him. You should go over to his
2: garage. <laughs> No, the greatest,
3: the greatest, most fulfilling thing is when a customer at a rally comes up to you and looks you dead in the eye and says, son, I could make that for cheaper in my house. (laughs) Okay. And then, and then. He comes back later with a bratwurst in one hand and a beer in the other, and he says, Okay, I'll take it.
4: It <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: definitely
3: happened multiple times. Rally life, man. It's. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like so size, a side
0: stand foot springs to mind. Every time I look at buying a side stand foot, I, I can never bring myself to do it because I'm like, Oh, I could just weld something on there and I'll attach it. And then I start looking at it. I'm like, Well, I'd have to. How would I get around? And it'd have to. Hmm. Something's on TV. I have yeah. to go. Anyway. <laughs>
4: <Wait. laughs> I mean, in a way, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like going out to, you know, whenever you go out to breakfast and you're like, oh, man, I should just order pancakes and eggs. It's like, man, I could make pancakes and eggs at my house. (laughs) Man, but every but I don't. I don't. (laughs) I don't. My wife does that. Uh, Uh,
1: How many more sets of crash bars are you going to design before you just lose your shit and strangle someone? (laughs) Probably uh, lots.
4: I think there's a lot of... uh,
1: you still got a lot of crash bar in you.
4: He's got a yeah, lot of men- he's got yeah, a lot of mental lot, capacity. Of left. Crash bar. There's a lot of, uh, of a great uh, capacity for
3: not TV. We were thinking about doing some crash bars for the can amp because that thing can really tip over. <laughs> Even with the nanny. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> it
0: flash little light that says "act your age" and then it won't tip over?
1: <laughs> is there a is there a, a a thing that you really wish you could build? and sell through art wider, but you can't just either because of the market or the complexity or the cost. And I mean, there's just something you're like, every night you're like, man, I really wish I could do this side jiggy thing. I
4: think, uh, the, the, the sort of carbon tie titanium crash bar idea is one that I highly doubt will ever come to fruition. It'd be a fun custom project, you know, like a side project or to find a custom builder
1: to do. Hmm. That's, is, it, is it just because you got a hard on for carbon? I,
4: I love, uh, Yes, the carbon fibers. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's such a well, carbon fiber luggage, what? carbon fiber windshield, windshield. I mean, the key would be actually making it carbon and titanium, not just named. You know, for a while where everything was named, like the you know the Gillette titanium
2: yeah. uh, didn't
4: yeah. actually have titanium. It was titanium colored. Mm. Uh, actually I actually had a buddy who got a dirt bike sprocket off eBay. That he had tested by a lab because again he's one of those guys with those weird jobs. It didn't actually what? have it didn't actually have titanium in it. <laughs> it was called like chromo tie alloy and it didn't have titanium.
3: <laughs> <Chroma. Like> zero,
1: <laughs> also known as not titanium. <laughs> also
3: known as we
1: painted it gray. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah, and then like I, I ordered some wheels or something or something for a, a car and it was gunmetal. And I was like, this isn't made out of guns. What the heck? (laughs) (laughs) Just like Girl Scout cookies are not made of Girl Scouts. Yeah, what the heck?
4: Uh, I I think something that we would like to do that will be tough to do, and I won't say this is we'd never do. There's some, you can do some really cool integrated solutions. And there are companies out there that do it where it's like the skid plate and the crash bars and the upper crash bars are like all one piece and could even... (laughs) Um, Even in some cases, you could remove like plastics, remove a body panel and have an integrated Mm -hmm. carbon panel that's bonded to your crowd. You know what I mean? Like a very big one piece integrated solution.
0: Yeah. Kind of like Pat Walsh does for the Strom and pretty much only the Strom. And I think like the other bike he owns.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Similar. That's someone's garage. But, well, we're going to be busy. Well, visiting. but
0: it but it brings up the point is you know like the bars I've got on this drum, the Strom, they're the skid plate and the cover and the side bars and the upper bars and all that. But he he the dude makes it for two bikes yeah. for his and,
4: bike. And and well, I don't remember what the cost is, but again, that's a thing of like realistically, can we ask a guy to lay out? Like- You know, if you add up, heck yeah. Like our R1200 GS. (laughs) Eric's like, yeah. (laughs) GS people? (laughs) Coke and whores ain't paying for itself.
0: Uh, uh, uh.
4: So there's some really cool pie in the sky stuff stuff like that. You know, integrated LEDs, because everybody loves LEDs. Uh, We could put LEDs on everything, but. uh, The Alt Rider Disco
0: Edition crash bars? Yeah, Disco Edition
4: crash bars um what I mean, kind what of the, new stuff yeah. do you guys have coming news we've got let's see here there's the ktm luggage rack parts i have a, the rear racks are on their way and we also do a, a pillion rack that i have a prototype of for that which is uh, similar to our other pillion racks where it just uses the key you know the normal key that would release the pillion seat also releases or in, installs our rack yeah. in that spot which is you know, really nice and versatile got some smaller parts some people were having uh this is the thing that customers were asking for a guard for the side stand switch on the r1200 the water cooled and so we have a little guard for that that i have i mean this is way out and you guys are the first to hear this but this is like not even in prototypes this is in cardboard phase still <laughs> so it's it's surpassed it's
0: gone past rock and
4: tape and it's moved into card it's moving into cardboard yeah yeah moved into cardboard
1: have you thought of doing like uh, or using three D printing or anything like that for your prototyping?
4: We've thought of that. It the nature of the stuff we do, uh, at least the things that are made of sheet metal, it's still way cheaper to just get them laser cut and you know bent up or whatever welded one time than to get them three D printed. Mm-hmm. For some of the plastic stuff, you know, we don't have a new one coming. But it, in terms of past products, like the uh, uh, Ducati water pump guard, is something we do out of plastic. That that would be a great. You know, 3D printed prototype candidate. There's some other areas and things that we could potentially do things out of plastic rather than metal, or it would make sense to do out of, out of plastics. Um, or we don't do anything out of cast metal, but that's, a. Uh, although we do, well, it's not cast, but still, um, things like buckles or little, little pieces for our, uh, uh, for our soft, soft luggage line, um, could potentially be 3D prototypes.
1: Oh, cool. You want to talk to us some more about your uh, soft luggage? Yeah. It's uh,
3: it's pretty cool. It's luggage. You should buy it. It's not rigid.
1: Wait, I can't believe Eric hasn't jumped in on this at all yet. <laughs> it's
3: soft. It's soft. It's like the sound of my voice. It's soft, and it's good. I think the... Uh...
4: <laughs>
3: really? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> it's KTM guys of, are like, I'll buy two bags. It's made cars. out of okay. ballistic chromoly tie cordura. I
4: think waterproof. This is the big one. It's very, you
1: know, our, our tank bag is... Wait, are you, like, actually physically lifting it up right now to look at it?
3: Every no. time <laughs> I Alt-Rider soft luggage, an angel
4: gets its wings. Oh. <laughs> or a cute kitten picture is posted to the
1: internet, one or the other. There's enough of those.
4: <laughs> yeah. It, it, the, no. the, Eric can probably tell you a little more about the background of the soft luggage, but I just want to jump in on the, the waterproofness of it because I think that's...
1: How waterproof you know, is especially
4: the, the tank bags where.
1: What have you done to test it?
3: I'd ride. <laughs> the ice the bucket challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Just riding and living in the Northwest. Yeah, man. I mean, we don't, uh. And they, you know, we don't, you know, in, you know, in Utah, you get a little dry and it's, it's dry and dusty. Up here in the Northwest, we rust. The rustiness. It went uh, right over their head. They didn't get it. It's,
1: yeah, They said something about you guys, water. You guys had uh, your
4: falling from the sky. I'm, I'm
0: confused.
1: Yeah, I do you, know. Get
3: your
4: get your hands on the tank bags or any of the soft luggage when you were here.
1: No, no, I didn't. Eric didn't show me that stuff.
3: No, uh, it's
4: very secret. I showed you so, the inside
3: of a bar. And I mean said, the,
4: the the tank bag. Yeah, cool because it has a dry bag integrated. And then he put bag. this
1: rag and it smelled kind of funny over my mouth. I, I don't <laughs> know. It weird. I woke up. I was sore, (laughs) sticky, confused.
4: Sweet van down by the river.
1: It had no windows.
0: So we we back up to this. So it has a dry bag inside the tank bag. Integrated. So it's
4: integrated into the tank bag. You open the tank bag up, and boom, basically sewn to the bottom of it is a roll top dry bag inside.
0: So i got to ask this for people who haven't used dry bags before for their benefit. Does it have one of those little valvey thingies for those people, or at least a, a stern warning about making sure all the air is out? Because <laughs> sitting right up there in the sun, I'm, I'm, foreseeing a, <laughs> I'm foreseeing this turning into a very exciting
3: time for a new user. No, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's under the lid. It's under the lid. So, you know, the tank bag has a, a sturdy... <laughs> So it has sturdy sidewalls, you know, and it's got the really nice fat. Was it Cordura or, or some kind of yeah, ballistic yeah. nylon? And it, you know, it's sturdy. And then inside of that is the dry bag. So the dry bags inside the tank, you know, of the the shell, the frame of the tank bag. Yeah. So, and it,
1: why is there a bitch ball on the yeah. tank of your bike?
3: <laughs> <laughs> And this comes
4: from a, you know, just thinking about how you actually use. You know, that's you don't actually need submersible waterproofness all the time, but you want it to be available. Mm-hmm. So. This dry bag, you can totally fold down into the bottom of the tank bag and just throw your stuff in the normal compartment, close the lid. It'll be great. It's waterproof for a rain shower because the lid, of course, is waterproof as well. But going, you know, 80 mile an hour down the freeway, even with the clamshell lid closed, you know, water gets creeps shoved by the wind and creeps in. So for the, you know, we looked at a real, like, how do people actually use the tank bag? You're throwing stuff in. You're getting stuff out all the time. You don't want to have to fuss with a dry bag. But there's times where if you have, like, a really nice, you know, a DSLR camera or, you know, whatever, you actually really, really want the stuff absolutely waterproof. And that functionality is there. It's built in. And it's not like a separate shower cap that you put over the tank bag that then means you can't you can't it lose it. of it. Yeah. You can't lose it. You it's can't lose
3: there. it. It's there. Uh, you and know, that was a, a big one. W- Big part of the development. You put your camera in the tank bag, and you you could wash your bike without having to take. I mean, it's so it's it protects it so well. It's just spray up, spray with a hose, it'll be fine. So you've got the tank bag. What else do you have to go along with it?
4: So we have a saddle bag, which is what would be appropriate for either a bike without pannier racks. Definitely medium-sized bike, medium bike or dirt bike, six fifty
3: you know you could you could rock it on an F800 if you want to but it's mainly for you know thinner seat dirt bikeish style you know you got your DRs your XR's uh it, the one of the biggest um uh well the the t- the saddlebag is actually the most popular right now within the um the KTM 690 enduro community those these guys are just going nuts over this saddlebag right now and it it fits perfectly onto the bike and, it it and i was going to say it's, it's another
4: good example where you look at how something's actually used in terms of uh it's it's like a holster system Mm -hmm. so you can really picture this you know it's a piece of fabric lays over the saddle and it has these big cordura holsters that you could put anything in if you want to what we put in is a shaped uh, an upside down u-shaped dry bag it basically looks like a pair of trousers, know, beach shorts, yeah. and a dry bag. But the key being that if you're, you know, have to walk away to camp or you have to go into a hotel for the night or whatever, you don't want to have to completely unstrap your bag from the bike to take it with you, but you still want that waterproofness. And so how do we achieve that? How do we achieve not only waterproofness, but abrasion resistance? If the bike gets dropped on its side, I shouldn't say if, when, uh, And so the way we do that is is we have these, these, yeah, these holsters, they're super abrasion resistant. The holster system stays attached to the bike, but you can really easily take the dry bag with you. The other thing is the dry bag and the holsters aren't the only compartments. There's actually two Bellows, uh, extra pockets on the back of the holsters for things like fuel bottles or tools or tubes or, you know, stuff you don't want rattling around with your, your sleeping bag or your clothes necessarily. Guns. Guns from the holsters. Guns. Uh, I think each holster will easily hold a half rack of Rainier, uh, or Mm -hmm. or Pabster. Important. (laughs) Yes. It's key. Waterproof. Again, you can put ice in there. There's a drain hole in the bottom. Uh, really? Uh, of the holsters, there's a drain hole. Yeah, because the waterproofness is gained through the dry bag, not the holsters themselves don't.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm imagining so many hilarious scenarios
4: where that hole gets plugged. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: Lots of things. You could put
4: a chihuahua on each side.
2: Oh.
4: And use them, what, like torpedoes? Like, launch the chihuahuas. <laughs> yeah. And just, they could uh,
3: make tacos you know, for you. Yeah,
4: anyway, so that I like that bag. And again, I think I told you, this, you know, I came from this sort of more this backpacking, kayak tripping uh, background. Um, I could actually say I was an outdoor professional for many years, which is a funny thing. Uh, I'd always crack up my wife with that title but uh (laughs) so i like the smaller light so funny honey you know i'm not i'm not bringing the kitchen to uh you know the the saddlebag style is really fantastic
3: and then yeah our soft luggage is really geared toward the the side of touring where you want to really just get off the road and and really rough it you know whereas Um, with the hard luggage, that's, 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 you can do real off-road with that stuff, but it's heavy and why, you know, it's, it's more geared, you know, most people on these adventure bikes don't leave the payment pavement that much, but the soft luggage is really, you know, the saddlebag and the soft painters are really geared for somebody who wants to really get out and do some serious, um, adventuring off the road because, by having like our soft panniers, for instance, you're already saving like I don't know 50, 60 pounds by not having the boxes there. You know, yeah, you still have the racks. Uh, yeah, but it, fifty might be fifty might be a little. But <laughs> <It's> a
1: <anyway. laughs> Jimmy's this is like, not the engineer talking. Jimmy's like, shut it, marketing guy.
4: <laughs> it's like my okay, cupid profile. Oh yeah, I weigh 180 pounds. That's you're yeah. <laughs> no, no, but uh, <laughs> so Eric's. It, you know he mentioned the soft panniers which are exactly what they sound like they would replace a set of hard panniers or cans they do require a rack on the bike to to keep the to the to keep things out of the rear tire and the the exhaust but the soft panniers are huge but again instead of making one giant waterproof sack on each side of the bag which is a pain to dig through and find all your stuff it's this modular system with removable interior dry bags with actually a separate lower dry bag in a compartment we call the garage. Um, so you're, it, it's a lot better in terms of packing and finding what you need inside your packing. And then the soft panniers and the saddlebags, all of this has the advantage over hard luggage in that bouncing around on a trail, you don't have these rigid things stressing all their mount points near as much. And if you drop your bike, it cushions the bike and it's not gonna bend in a way that you can't open or close the lid anymore, like on a hard hard pan here. Uh the disadvantage, of course, is, you know, again, this is made for certain types of adventure riding in the city or in certain cities, you know, all you of our soft luggage, yeah, you can cut it with a knife. Yeah. Uh, you can you can certainly cable, you know, I've seen people use cable locks to hold things down so stuff can't just be walked off with. Uh, it's, so it's kind of a choice of what, what level of security you want, what, what the users really, And it's, trying pr- to
3: it's price where you can have both, really, because if you have the racks for the panniers, you already have your, your hard luggage and the, the soft luggage, we tried to get it in at a point where it would cost, it would be like somewhere like half the cost of, you know, a set of panniers, you know, so that way it's, you can have best of both worlds. You switch it up, yeah. you know. One thing with it on my Ulysses. Uh, yeah. If you I mean if you, absolutely, if you have, uh, I'm sure you already have some kind of racks, like JV racks or something, on there. Now,
1: now no. Think carefully before you answer that, because L- I'll tell you, I've got a pair of the uh, the giant loop. Uh, sissy and you're teams. trying
3: to sell them? I saw that.
1: They don't fit.
3: So, <laughs> so it would be what? interesting. The, oh, the rack
1: we're... is too low, and the, the the tail bar grab handle things go right where the the overlap would be. It's it's a mess. We should. Well, and I'll have to find, I know
4: we've got a couple local. Actually, I'd ride past, I see them parked on the street. Maybe I could just sneak out at night and try to fit our stuff on their bikes and they wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Surprise! The real research department. Ninja yeah. designer! The gorilla research department. Gorilla <laughs> research. Cruise, cruise Seattle. And, uh, no, it'd be interesting to try and see because there are certainly. You know, I, never I can't tell big, you
1: how incredibly pissed I am that I can't get these bags to fucking work on the field.
3: Gotta shoot us pictures of where yeah. the interference points are. I think we could make it work, but also when it comes down to it, if it's a more of a matter of a, your opinion where you don't like the way it fits, then that's something. Obviously, you know, you did you need to make sure you know because this is a universal product, and
1: uh, mm, yeah, yeah, true. It,
3: it, it, it's kind of. Yeah, if, if it's not good for you and it doesn't work good for you when you're out there riding and you're you, – you, when you're riding, you don't want to be, be worried about how your luggage is – if it's secure or not or if it's working. so, um, I, uh, Just
1: for giggles, I'll shoot you a picture of what what it looks like when when you throw the bags over this bike. Yeah, you know, I, there's, there's one wait. other idea though. There,
3: and this, this is... If
1: you say sell the bill and buy a real bike, I will come through this phone line. I swear.
3: <laughs> I, I forgot my idea. Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and you were
4: talking earlier about ideas from customers, the the soft luggage thing opens the flood not the floodgates, but there's definitely people who like pouches and want pouches
3: everywhere in the same way that some. <laughs> Yes, I need I need this to hold my customers. you know my meds so, or and, I need this to hold my reading glasses. Or so,
1: it, you know, yeah. Like hey, the part- reading glasses are no joke. I need this kidney. I, I need this pouch to be kidney shaped, human <laughs> <Yeah>. kidney shaped. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, yeah that you know the pouches that go on crash bars and pouches
4: that you know pouches inside of pouches and and there's uh, a <laughs> the pouch pouch. It goes with the windshield windshield and the handguard guards. Back, I want it to look back, like a
1: kangaroo a- pouch. It would be cute.
4: <laughs> so. uh, you know, there's again opportunity there and there's some things that we will probably just not get around to ever making. <laughs> so, in the same way that there's a lot of other aftermarket accessories, some of which we try to work with. Like uh, a lot of our rear racks are compatible with a uh, monokey system.
3: Well, they all are. And
4: um, yeah, I guess yeah, all they are. all are. And, um, you know, and our racks come pre-drilled for the Rotopax mounting
1: points for either doing Rotopax fuel, water, did, or their toolbox. Did you, did you get a sense of, that was a case of Eric going, shut up, engineering guy. <laughs> Stop, all of them are.
4: <laughs> Good, <laughs> <phrase>. Good impression.
1: <laughs> That's true. But, you know, we, we had a request
4: recently for uh, uh, mounting, like, the worn, the winches. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what? Winches. Winches. The Renaissance pair <laughs> winches. Uh, and, and so there's often calls for, Hey, does, you know, does your product work with this or why don't you make it mount, you know, my telescope for stargazing when I'm out there in the woods or whatever. Uh, and so that's always something where, you know, we're kind of looking at like, ah, can we actually, you know, can we do that? Should we do that? Do we want to do that? Um, and that's, a, a fun thing to try to try to work out and again where customer feedback is really important if a lot of people are asking for something or a lot of people are you know buying accessory xyz we got to make sure we uh you know we can work with that
0: thanks so much guys for being on
4: with us thanks
1: to eric and
4: jimmy talking taking the
0: time to talk to us from alt rider hopefully we'll get to talk again when you come up with a new even better even
1: crazier idea Yes. Yeah, I, I will, Or I just park my buil in your parking lot and stare creepily at the window. Stare through
2: the window. Hey. <laughs> All
1: right. Thanks, guys.
0: <laughs> Appreciate All it. All right. Thank you. Well, wow, that was a great interview, wasn't it, Chuck? Ha ha ha. Which we have totally heard just now. One of the best we've ever done. One of the best, without question. <laughs> <laughs> one of the more coherent interviews. One of the more eloquent guests. And one of my best performances in an interview where you don't usually carry the team at all.
1: Yes. Mm. Sure. Yes. I don't... (laughs) Yeah. Yep. I I could barely carry this bottle of beer. Aye, this beer is strong.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've gotten very silly very fast. Mm -hmm.
1: So, uh, let's talk about uh, some listener mail.
0: Listener mail. Wes writes... I'm listening to episode 19, Sofa King Buell. Episode yep. 19? Wow, he's, he's got a lot of catching up. <laughs> Fuck, man. We're sorry in advance, Wes. New listener, hey, welcome. Welcome, welcome to new the listener, show. Wes. Welcome. You made it through You're episode 2. You're one
1: of our most favorite listeners. Of episode the show. 2
0: is one of the drunkest episodes of Wheel Nerds. This one is shaping up. It's, it's going up there. To yeah. be up there. <laughs> you likely have had this scent or saw it yourself, but screw it. I'm here in the now, which is your then. Chuck. When will then be now? Right now. Okay. Kind of like time travel, but with clothes and less dramatic music. Says you, bitch. Anyway, I found this link. Uh right And it really takes some of the fun out of the stunt. He's referring, of course, to the stunt in Tokyo, too. Driving the... Jumping the Harley. Jumping the Harley off the thing. Did we talk about that? We did
1: talk about that, we talk about that the
0: show. <laughs> we talked about the giant shower sparks and the Harley touches down well. You know, all the work it takes to think they it. The podcast, it is got down a the and a they the and like, dude, and like, and like, Bottoms out, broily. <laughs> yep, hurts. <that> is. <laughs> they're fast.
3: <laughs> Back in the day, they
0: were the five or six, like, yeah, I, so, I listen to a lot of podcasts, simple like, this one's the most fun it's not all bikes. It's one of the most. One of the most, the most of like me. One of the most coherent and <laughs> drunk on really strong out-of-state beer. It's not all bikes all the time. I could deal with a bit more bikes, but you know. And then he gave us a
1: very long description about how he's his old. Bike hist- yeah, how he's old.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: You're old. Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to tell you about the stunt and how much I love your show. We just lost
0: him as a listener. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, you know how long it's gonna take him to get to this at his current right? <laughs> I mean, you know, this is like four more weeks of work with we, the amount of backlog we have. We probably
1: won't even be still doing this show by yeah. the time. We'll have been here. retired
0: and you know, <laughs> I'll be a world famous bike designer slash playboy, slash billionaire.
1: Um, if you say philanthropist, I'm just gonna laugh really hard. I don't know. Stress the imagination. Well, you know what? You could be one of the most philanthropists.
0: I would be one of the most
1: philanthropic billionaires in the world. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Ken writes After much deliberation, I have decided the Harley is not cutting it anymore. No. (laughs) I have been looking at selling the hog and purchasing either a Bonneville or Naked Triumph Triple. I have sat on the Bonnie and liked the Ergo so far. However, lately, the more modern Triumphs have been catching my eye. Yeah, ride them. They will also catch your ass. My question is, do you think a street or speed triple setup properly would work reasonable as a mild sport tour, or would the Bonnie be the best option? I looked at the Tiger as well, but that did not really tug at the heartstrings. I maintain the Tiger is boring. A street or speed would be an
0: ass-kicking light sport tour. Yeah, I'm going to say... I'm pretty sure that's what Jeff uses his street triple as, is
1: when his wife is not stealing it. Yeah, it's a pretty upright bike, so... Yeah. It would be fine as a sport tour, throw some bags on it. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that you've put a street-slash-speed triple in the same sentence as a Bonneville means you do not want the Bonneville. You have not really actually ridden these bikes. You will ride them, and you ride the Bonneville, and be like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. The mm-hmm. Bonneville, because you know, I had a Thruxton, mm-hmm. same bike. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. It is. It looks cool. But w- after you ride it for a while, you're going to be like, it's missing a third of the bike. Yeah, it, it feels that way. It's, it feels like the motor's missing like there should be more motor here. There should be I guess more. the other thing about it too is the the
0: I maintain the street and Charlie tells me the new speed which I just cover my ears and go la
2: la 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 can't hear you
0: about is The street is just one of the best handling bikes I've ever been on. In fact, it's probably the best handling bike I have ever ridden in my life,
1: hands down. Yeah, the street is one of those bikes that literally melts into you. Unbelievable. You will not feel like you're riding a bike when you're riding this street. Mm -hmm. You you feel like you're fucking flying. It's awesome. You're like the Wicked Witch from The Wizard of Oz. (laughs) And if you get on the Tiger, you will be like, I'm bored. I'm Claire. (laughs) Wait, wait, did you say I am boring? <laughs> Apply directly to the burn.
0: The Tiger is one of the most <laughs> exciting bikes
1: ever made, with its very predictable power band. And now I'm not as hard on on, on Tiger as Todd is. I kind of I dug the Tiger when I wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> please, please remember, Todd is is more opinionated than than your average. It, Todd is one of the most opinionated people. <laughs> I am also one of the most humble people.
0: And one of the handsomest people you will ever
1: meet. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, our guest last week, no, last week, week before, Danelle. She's riding her Bonneville. She loves it. Mm-hmm. The Bonneville is a cool bike. You know the the this
0: thing about it I noticed about your Thruxton is there's nothing particularly offensive about it apart from it's kind of heavy in the way high. Yes. Um the rest of it is very inoffensive.
1: It's a, it's a fine bike. I just it felt me it left me feeling like it was lacking mm. in the go. Yeah. In
0: the go. Yes. Not enough go. I wouldn't know because I wrote it when it was still in break and you are like, go,
1: go fast. Don't go.
2: No. I want to, I'm, I'm
1: sure you, uh, you were one of the most obedient <laughs> test riders
0: ever. Chuck, as you know, I'm one of the least rev limiter testing riders of <laughs> Triumphs ever.
1: Uh, Seldom do I test the rev limiter of a Triumph. I, just going from off his email, I don't think he's just running any of these bikes. No, I don't think so. I think
0: he'd be done. He'd be like, street, now, go, here, set it up. Yep. Here's my money. Take, take my money. Take my money. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially since the Bonneville and the street are pretty close in price, aren't they? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. the street is the street a vastly is very more modern reasonable. engine. Yeah. Yeah. With, you know, really good modern brakes. Pretty If you get the R, it's got good suspension. I mean, it's it, yeah. a street triple R out of the box, you know, throw some bags on it and go. Yeah. Screw it. Just go. And if you
1: get a speed triple, you're just going to get there faster.
2: <laughs>
1: one of the Ooh, most reasonable... Uh, can I can feel, ah, feel the eyes again. One of the most reasonable ah, choices, uh, would you say?
0: One, one of the ah, most sensible bikes. <laughs>
1: mm, ah, the eyes. The, uh, from the five speed. miles away and two walls. <laughs> ah. But the Tiger, yeah, that's that's, I mean... It does what it says in the tin. It's competent. Mm-hmm. Competent. Competent. And when it falls over without bags, it's like a dime very, on a tabletop. Very, very flat. <laughs> Hope you got some friends.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hello? You just have to hey. push it all the way back.
0: Guys. You know, Claire is disproportionately... Uh, Frequently, the guy who's going, guys, guys, help. With uh, a flat bike? Well, just with bikes in general. The ST one eleven hundred. 1100 when he gets in a bad position, he's pointing downhill.
1: Oh, yeah. can't back it up. Well, yeah. I mean, let's face it, Claire could fit into one of the side cases of the ST. <laughs> That's true. He'd ride a Grom and think it was a sport tour. <laughs> So, uh, Ken, be sure to send us a picture of your new street, new street triple. triple with bags. <laughs> I think a street or speed with hard bags and like just a
0: little enough fly screen would be just ass kicking, you know, like around oh, bike. Yeah, fucking
1: the speed would fucking speed be awesome? Mm-hmm. Or street? I mean, yes. I mean, God, I, the test ride I did on that street was just mm. that was an amazing bike. If, if
0: I a, if I actually if the new speed triple actually handles like a street triple, I almost can't ride it because. That engine and I are buds. We trying. talk to each other. We we rub each other and we're like, hi, hi. I love you. I love you too, incredibly fast bike. We're not gonna break the speed limit. No, no, we're one of the slowest bikes there is. <laughs> You're right. And I am one of the slowest riders. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're going to one of the nicest jails <laughs> you're gonna have one of the nicest mug shots <laughs> don't worry about it this bike will be in one of our most secure inbound lots uh, what have you learned this week chuck oh, you should not bring any more of this beer <laughs> Bad idea. Mm.
0: i learned that this is one of the lightest beers available on the market. <laughs> and this is one of the best shows we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and that's all we got time for I'm, this week. I'm sure our, our listeners don't think we're like... Two of the lightest light points in the
2: world. <laughs> <laughs> the bubbles tickle my nose,
1: <laughs> and that's all
0: we got time for this week. Until next week, I'm Todd and I'm Chuck. Ride safe, everyone. We'll see you next time.
1: You can contact us at wheelnerds at gmail dot com or leave us a message at area code eight zero one nine one seven four one three six. Record an intro for our show of you and your bike, and maybe it'll be on a future show. Stickers and other merchandise is available at our website www.wheelnerds.com. If you use iTunes or Stitcher, please leave a review for us. Help. write our URL on bathroom walls if it
0: helps. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheel Nerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent.